Hello and welcome to Moving Iron Podcast. This edition of the Moving Iron Podcast is brought to you by these great sponsors. Axon started out of a passion for keeping agriculture moving. Imagine having 100 years of tire and wheel knowledge in your back pocket the next time you sell a piece of ag equipment. To find more or become an Axon dealer, please visit axontire.com. This podcast is also brought to you by Valley Transportation. Valley Transportation has been hauling ag and construction equipment across the country for the past 33 years. Call Parker at 800-657-4910 or go to valleytransinc.com for all your trucking needs. At Valley Transportation, our goal is to help you reach yours. This podcast is also brought to you by AgDirect. No matter how you buy your ag equipment from a dealer, auction, or a private party, AgDirect can help you finance it. You can even apply online at agdirect.com. Learn more about your financing options at agdirect.com. Moving iron in the 21st century. Hardworking people working hard for you and me. Moving iron time and time again. Through the years you'll find us here. Hello and welcome to Moving Iron Podcast Markets with Chip Nellinger. This edition of the Moving Iron Podcast is brought to you by Axon Tire, helping dealers move more iron for the past 100 years. For more information, go to axontire.com. If you uh, want a free baseball cap, send an email to marketing at axontire.com, and they will get one out to you. Just give them your details there and send that email to marketing at axontire.com, and they will send that to you in the mail. Valley Transportation has been hauling ag and construction equipment across the country for the past 33 years. Call Parker at 800-657-4910 for all your trucking needs. At Valley Transportation, our goal is to help you reach yours. And finally, no matter how you buy your ag equipment, whether it's from a dealer, an auction, or a private party, AgDirect can help you finance it. You can even apply online at agdirect.com. Learn more about your financing options at agdirect.com. Chip is from uh, Blue Roof Agri Marketing out of Morton, Illinois, via somewhere in South Florida, uh, and he's doing, he's nice enough to come on once a week to talk about what's going on. So, Chip, how are you doing, bud? Hey, doing well, Casey. I uh, had to move south, get some 80-degree temperatures. So, it's it's beautiful here. It's not so beautiful back uh, in the Midwest. That's yeah. part of what uh, we got going on in, in prices. There's a little bit of planning activity here the last couple of days. Uh, I say a little bit. We can get a lot done in a hurry. So, been a lot of people rolling uh, across the whole Midwest, in, in some cases, east of the Mississippi has not been uh, the, the most ideal conditions. And then, uh, you know, more rain here uh, today that's moving into uh, northern Illinois and uh, going to, you know, pack uh, quite a bit of rain in that, it looks like. So uh, it's for the foreseeable future, it's going to be fits and starts. And that's, I think, in the next three weeks, that's going to be the biggest key to the corn market. You know, we saw Monday the uh, planning progress only, I believe it was only 7%, should be 15%. Um, you know, not a real shock to the market. But if we get three weeks down the road and we haven't, you know, kind of caught back up uh, with what uh, normal p- pace is, I-, I think we got some some bigger issues in this market and, you know, maybe uh, pushing past that magical $8.5 area if, if we were to see that. But let's keep our fingers crossed and hope that there's uh, – you know, some better windows here to get to more crop on the ground. Right on. All right, so you've got kind of the tail two tapes here. You've got this cold, wet start to planting in uh, in the corn belt, in the soybean belt, and then you have this ultra-dry, um, never really got got the uh, moisture needed in, in the wheat belt, and so now you kind of got these two uh, diverging 
forces kind of headed towards each other. Wheat's got a lot of things playing in its factor right now. Obviously, the, the dry, uh, horrible conditions you're seeing there, something like it's the second worst rated, rated crop uh, for this time of the year uh, in history. And then you've got what's going on in the Black Sea as far as getting stuff in and out of of, uh, of Russia and Ukraine and what that looks like as far as uh, grains go. So I guess as you're looking at both of these, there's got to be some pretty big concerns about you know what? What's a blow-off top type of pricing look like for both of these as we head into uh, some pretty critical times for them? Yeah, it, it sure is, and it's a little bit uh, frustrating here from a U.S. perspective. You, you mentioned uh, one of the poorest-rated wheat crops in history. Uh, Maybe a little bit of rain potential. Uh, it looks like in some areas, but uh, that crop has uh, big problems. And uh, yet, on top of that, you know, we just can't seem to get any export traction. I think that's mm -hmm. been kind of the, the hope of the bulls in the wheat market for, uh, you know, a couple months now. Um, you know, especially with the closure of the Black Sea, you know, there's no supplies coming out of there, at least from a Ukrainian standpoint. And I think the hope was that the United States would pick up some better exports, but right. they just continue to be terrible. And, uh, you know, part of that is obviously we grow wheat in, you know, basically every continent, um, you know, in the world. India has picked up some of the export capacity. Um, you know, there's still some uh, European wheat around. That's, that's floating around, and, and uh, unfortunately, it just has not translated into uh, a lot of U.S. business. Our exports just really struggle. I mean, they're horrific. You know, single digits, two, three, four, five million bushels a week. It's just, uh, it's just horrible. So, you know, with all that being said, we're still sitting here, you know, knocking on the door of uh, $11 a week. So, we do have a lot of bullishness factored into prices. It's just with the drought situation and the crop ratings uh, and the Black Sea uh, uh, issue, you know, I think a lot of people thought we'd be at even at a higher level, you know, maybe in the in the teens. And, and I think that's possible to maybe rechallenge those previous highs. Um, Got to remember, we had a massive amount of bullishness built in there, right. um, you know, on those highs a couple yeah. months ago, you know, early on in that Russia-Ukraine uh, war. So um, certainly, I don't think, it's warranted to go a lot lower, but, uh, you know, right now we're not competitive. Our exports um, sales every week uh, show that, that uh, we're, we're not competitive yet. doesn't mean we won't be in the future. There's just cheaper sources right now, and that's really uh, hurting us, uh, you know, here in the short run. Right. Yep. Okay, so let's factor in what we see happening with corn prices right now. I think front month corn in May was something like 820 or something like that when I looked at it earlier and it was over 750 I don't remember the exact number <clears throat> when I looked at it for December corn um, you know we've had a lot of recession talk we've ta heard a lot of different things about that you know despite all of the headwinds in front of the cattle market um, even with the herd numbers the way they are feed prices are high but we're still seeing some some real solid numbers come out of the uh, cattle complex yeah, the cow complex is, uh, boy, a, a little bit of a head-scratcher. You know, uh, a week and a half ago, we had uh, the market kind of breaking out to the upside. Uh, you know, cash markets were pretty firm for the last two, three weeks, and seemed like we were gaining two, three bucks a week on the on the cash side. Last Friday, we got a cattle on feed report, uh, wildly bearish. You know, both the on-feed and the placement numbers were way above the, the highest estimates. And so that, uh, you know, pull the rug out from under us, at least temporarily. Now, all through all that, you know, even in spite of the market, uh, you know, what I think on Monday, we we're almost $4 lower in, in right. a lot of cattle contracts. Feeders got beat up. Yep. Um, the cash market still is, is holding in and, and actually uh, traded better this week. So, 
you know, that is a bright spot. But uh, boy, the the market is still under the influence of this big Catalan feed number. Uh, you know, I think part of it is a little bit skewed because of the wheat situation. You know, I think there's more cattle placed uh, into feedlots that would have been running on uh, wheatgrass, and and so I don't know that the numbers necessarily mean that there's that many more cattle in general. Um, they just weren't run on on the wheat because right. of the poor conditions there. And, and place into feedlots, but still, anyway, you cut it. It was bearish. We got numbers to work through. Longer term, though, uh, you know, we're looking at massive uh, cow and breeding stock liquidation over the last going on two years now, due to the drought um, that really hasn't fixed itself yet. They they have got some relief in the far northern plains. Uh, you know, Montana, Wyoming, uh, you know, have had some amount of moisture. Certainly not uh, a drought buster, but right. uh, we got big problems out there. And I think longer term, that's going to uh, tighten up the supplies. We'll work out of these big numbers. Um, part of what's been driving the big the big numbers, or on top of the big placement numbers, uh, has been this cow kill. And you know that's added some extra, uh, you know, extra meat uh, in the front end here uh, that we've been fighting for a while. I think that'll come to an end. I think we'll move through these bigger uh, numbers. Of on feed, it just may take some time. Uh, right. It's taken longer than what I would have expected. I think it might take uh, you know uh, several more months to work out of. But if you look, you know, twelve to twenty-four months down the road, I, I would think there's some good things coming uh, in in the cattle market. We are fighting nine-dollar corn. You know, these out in Kansas, mm-hmm. Texas Panhandle, those areas. I mean, they're they're feeding nine-dollar corn, so it's uh, it's brutal. But um, you know. So far, they're 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 getting they're getting through it all right. Um, but eventually, we've got to see you know that market kind of turn higher, especially if corn's going to continue to some new all time high type thing and challenge eight and a half nine dollars right. uh, on the futures. You know that might be enough to put them nine and a half, knock on the door ten dollars. Unfortunately, in some areas uh, of, of the plains um, for cash corn, so not a great uh, situation. But uh, I think we'll work through it. I, I see good things ahead longer term uh, for the cattle industry. But, you know, certainly not everyone, you know, there's, there's different segments, right? Obviously, the mm-hmm. cow-calf guy, and if, uh, if you're out in uh, those far uh, northwest plains areas that have just been brutalized by, by drought, it's been a, it's been a rough go and, and not a good situation. Yep. All right, so get out your crystal ball here. We're going to talk about some, some what-if here's. All right, so if, uh, let's just pretend for a second that the way this is starting out, it's starting out very similar to the way 2019 started out, wet, cold, you know, delay, delay, delay. We're planting corn in July. You know, I don't know if it's going to be that bad, but um, let's just say that we get pushed out into into mid-June here where, where things are kind of getting wrapped up or, or we're getting a late start or something like that, and obviously we can we can crank the acres out when we get rolling, but where, where corn's at now and, and – there's nothing on the horizon that shows wheat. There's any going to be any improvement of uh, of the wheat um, condition, especially with you look at 30-day outlooks so for precipitation. There's just there's just nothing out there. So, I guess as you're looking at those two things long term, let's just say we go down that path of, of 2019 again or something like 2019. What, what do you think this this market could go? Uh, and, and what do you? I guess how do you think that would affect the entire world market? I guess. Yeah, it's a it's a scary it's a scary situation. I hope it doesn't come to that. I think that the market will be looking uh, 
I don't have the calendar in front of me, but by the third week, whatever that Monday is, the mm-hmm. third week uh, in May, if we're not, you know, approaching uh, 70, 75 percent planted in corn, I think the market's going to get uh, add some additional risk premium uh, just for the simple fact that um, the later it gets, the, the least likely we are to hit a trend line yield. We have, knock on wood, raised good crops planting it late. But every single thing's got to go right. right. And, um, you know, just the odds of that happening aren't high. And so, uh, you know, in my mind, it's kind of like that, you know, 22nd through 25th time frame of May. If we're not, like, you know, knocking on the door 80% planted, I think the quarter market gets really worked up over that, especially if there's an extended forecast uh, of still uh, rainy conditions that's going to hold us out. Where could we go? It's a, it's a scary number. Um, I don't know. Uh, $9, certainly. Um, I don't know if I'm in the 10 camp yet. Let's just hope it doesn't come to that, you know, right. because I don't think that's good for, it's not good for, anybody. for anyone, yeah. for any any yeah. segment um, yeah. of, of the industry or the world. And the last time that happened in 2012, you know, it, it literally, I, I'm fully, fully convinced it took us uh, till... It took us a full seven to eight years to get past that. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and, and you and I have talked on this podcast before. A big thing longer term I'm concerned about is the higher you go, I mean, the law of economics will eventually uh, take hold here. You'll bring in more production. Um, you, you'll, you'll slowly increase supply. You'll choke demand down because of high prices. Um, and, and if you get a back-to-back, you know, bumper crop, in each hemisphere, like United States, big crop, mm-hmm. Brazil, Argentina, big crop. Yep. You, you know the backside of that is just going to be brutal because we'll we'll have increased production, we'll have choked off demand, and we'll be just swimming in supply. And it, it'll take several years to get that work through. So uh, you could go to some silly, silly number to the upside. I hope we don't, uh, just for the sake of you know. The industry in, in, in general, no one, I mean, it wouldn't be good for, for end users and, and livestock feeders especially, but uh, let's hope we can get, the, you know, avert yeah. that and get some crop in the ground the next two, two, three weeks. We're looking at, you know, from a production standpoint, record profitability. We had a good year in general last year, very strong profitability uh, in 21, 22 looks uh, even better potentially. Yes, inputs have gone up dramatically. Uh, but uh, there's a lot of profitability out there uh, at these current levels, assuming we can raise some average yields. Right. All right. So now let's talk about the planning side of it here. So that's you, you preach that every time you come on here. You know, have a plan, have a plan, have a plan. You're working your plan right now, and you're taking a look at all the factors that are going into play here. Now, I mean, your crop insurance numbers and those kind of things are, are as high as they've ever been. As you take a look at all these things that are going on, you know, you've got Western. Um, Corn Belt is going to struggle to have enough water to really functionally have a crop that that's really viable. You know, let's put it that way. And irrigation, those kind of things, but you still need additional water on top of the irrigation water to make stuff grow. And then you've got you know the northern <clears throat> Corn Belt that's just super cold right now, record you know flooding in the Red River and all these different things that are going on. And I guess as you take a look at this and you're talking with your with your customers, how are you having that conversation about a plan and what it, what does that even look like right now? 
Yeah, well, uh, part of the part of the problem with that, Casey, is that that a plan is different for everyone. There's no one size sure. fits all plan. It sure. has to be customized right. for your operation, your risk tolerance. In general, though, um, you know where where our mindset is. You are far enough above the spring crop insurance prices um, in corn and beans, both mm-hmm. that it likely warrants uh, consideration of some puts or put spreads just to lock this profitability in because it doesn't have to be, you know, I mean, there's so much other stuff going on. It could be news about the war. It could be, uh, you know, worsening relations with China and they shut the, you know, shut the cash register off and uh, close the doors up for a little while, not buy our products anymore. could be stock market related. We we had a GDP estimate out this morning, which was uh, actually showed negative 1.4% growth. The market thought we'd have 1.1% positive growth. Um, it could be a lot of things. And, and, you know, while you can be bullish fundamentally here and saying, oh, it's late planning and tight stocks and, you know, no black sea, uh, anything could pop up. So, you know, our mindset is right now probably have some amount sold, uh, you know, cash wise, and that's different for different people as well, and be considering some sort of puts or put spreads because we're so high above that spring uh, crop insurance guarantee. And and when you do that, you're locking a floor in, but you're not selling any additional crops. So you have the top side open on the entire crop, um, you know, that uh, that you raise uh, above and beyond that strategy, right? So if you raise, uh, throwing a number out here, 100,000 bushels of corn, and, uh, you know, you have 20,000 sold, and you did 80,000 in puts, the rest of your crop in puts, Yes, they're going to be expensive, but you're still going to be able to lock in massive profitability. If we do have a problem, we go to $10, $11, $12. Yeah, you wasted money on puts, but the cash grain that you are going to sell at those record high levels is only going to increase your net profitability. So those are strategies you, you kind of have to consider in this environment, uh, almost taking it day by day, watching the uh, the forecast. I think Sunday night, Monday is going to be an important uh, you know forecast to to watch if it's still wet and cold for a two-week forecast, we're likely not done going higher. If it's starting to straighten out, we're going to get planters rolling. Um, I think you could see a 60, 80 cent break in corn very easily. It'd probably be healthy longer term if we saw 80 cent break in corn. It's almost straight up every day, and that's not healthy for any market. So um, that's part of this too. It's the whole psychological thing. It's easy when it goes up every day, right? It's right. like <laughs> it makes a simple wait. Yeah. It's, it's down on Monday, yeah. but it'll be you know 20 yep. higher on Tuesday. And um, the problem comes when we have that six to eighty cent break. It'll be everyone, you know, the mentality will be, "Uh oh, did we miss it? Should we have sold some? Um, what do we do now? Are we going to keep going? We're going to go another dollar lower?" Uh, and that whole psychology of the market um, will come in to play. And you—that's part of the plan too—is to kind of think two or three steps ahead and say, "Well, right. I've got some puts in place." And that happens. Then I have options. I can take profits. I can roll them down. I can at least, at a minimum, sleep better at night knowing that I've, I've got some stuff locked in. So right. uh, different different strategies for different people. One plan is definitely not, uh, you know, fits all, but it is critically important because I just guarantee it's coming. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, we're going to have bigger breaks than in corn than probably what you and I can both imagine. We've already had multiple $2 breaks and rallies in beans in the last, you know, three right. or four months here. Yep. And so um, it, it's only going to increase, I think, as you get 
deeper into the growing season here as far as the volatility is concerned. Yeah, getting crazy out there. All right, Chip, good stuff as usual. Folks, want to reach out to you and get more information about what you're doing at Blue Reef. What's the best way to do that? Yeah, best way is just call us. Uh, our main office number is 309-550-7213. That all rolls over to our cell phone. Even I'm sitting here in Florida, I will pick that phone up uh, if you call and you have questions. So uh, we're just a phone call away. You'll get a human being. Uh, you, you will get uh, an automated thing at first, but it will ring, and uh, a human being will will pick that phone up. And uh, uh, I know in this day and age, that's uh, that's a frustrating thing when you yeah. dial a number, even to a restaurant, to get a mm-hmm. reservation, and you can't get a human being. Yeah, that's crazy. Absolutely nuts out there. I hate that. It drives me crazy every time that I have to call anybody. I dread doing it just because of that. So I know it. I know it. It's just. Uh, all this technology is supposed to make it easier. It seems like everything's gotten harder. Yeah, absolutely. That's a very fair statement. All right, Chip. We well, appreciate you taking the time to be on the podcast, man. Hey, appreciate uh, you having me on, Casey. All right on, man. I'm Casey Seymour with Moving Iron Podcast. Make sure you check me out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. That's where you find the latest editions of the Moving Iron Podcast, all at Moving Iron LLC. Go to my LinkedIn page. That's a Moving Iron Podcast. Also go to the Moving Iron YouTube channel, and that's Moving Iron Podcast YouTube channel. So check that out. I'm on Snapchat. I don't really understand how to use it, so whatever. You know, if, if, I, if you see me there, great. I did something right. Otherwise, uh, just uh, go to my, my website, movingironllc.com, and uh, you get all the information about the Moving Iron Summit coming up in Nashville, Tennessee, September 6th, 7th, and 8th. That'll be uh, downtown Nashville there. So check that out. you interested in talking to people about the equipment business and then getting information about what's going to come up, make sure you check that out. So if you want any more information about that, send me an email at movingironpodcast at movingironpodcast.com, and I will get back to you as soon as I can. So with that, I'm Casey Seymour with Chip Nellinger. Let's go with some iron folks. Axon Tire is going to have more tips, tricks, and client advice throughout the year and in September at the Moving Iron Summit in Nashville. If you're looking to sign up for the event, please head over to movingironllc.com. We hope to see you there. Valley Transportation has been hauling ag and construction equipment across the country for the past 33 years. Call Parker at 800-657-4910 or go to valleytransitinc.com for all of your trucking needs. At Valley Transportation, our goal is to help you reach yours. And no matter how you buy ag equipment from a dealer, auction, or a private party, AgDirect can help you finance it. You can even apply online at agdirect.com. Learn more about your financing options at agdirect.com. Moving higher in the 21st century.